Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome back to the Unplayable Podcast. Australia took a 2-0 lead in the Vodafone Ashes series, but England made them work for it on day 5. With only 6 wickets to play with, England lasted until the final session with Josh Butler and Chris Wokes offering the most resistance. But on his 207th delivery, Butler stepped on his own stumps while facing Jai Richardson, ending the visitors' hopes. Richardson took the final wicket to finish with a career-best 5 for 42 as Australia won by 275 runs. Earlier today, Louis Cameron spoke to Ricky Ponting for his Ashes analysis Proudly brought to you by HCL, the official digital technology partner of Cricket Australia. I'm here with Ricky Ponting after Australia just went 2-0 up in the Ashes. They won the second test by 275 runs. Uh, It didn't come easy for Australia, though. Ricky, what did you make of the fight shown by England today? No, they did put up a good fight uh, this afternoon, didn't they? I mean, Ollie Pope came and went pretty quickly this morning. Um, You know, things could have been vastly different if... Uh, Josh Butler was uh, held on to early on when he nicked that one between Carey and, and, and David Warner. But I thought the fight that Butler showed after that was outstanding, uh, along with Chris Wokes. It has to be said, I thought Chris Wokes did a great job as well. And I said to you the other night, I think that was one of the major reasons that Wokes was picked in this in this side was to strengthen the England batting a little bit. Um, so no, they fought. And that's all they could really gain out of today, wasn't it? Just sort of stand up for themselves as individuals and stand up for themselves as a team and try and take something out of the game going down to Melbourne. Because so far in Brisbane and here in Adelaide, there haven't been a lot of positives, but you know the, the first and second session today, I thought for England were there were a lot of positive signs there. What did you make of the way uh, Josh Butler went out? Oh, yeah, no, it was it was bizarre, really, wasn't it? I mean, it, you could see what he was trying to do. He was you know trying to get himself into a position where he could sort of manipulate the ball into the field to to get up the other end and um, and get back on strike again. I don't think he had a lot of faith in Stuart Broad being able to last the last thirty overs of the day's play, so. You know, it was going to come down to him to do the majority of the batting and, and just an unfortunate end for you know, someone that really hadn't made a mistake pretty much from the moment that he that he nicked that one early and dug himself in and stood up for his team and did all the things that I've spoken about before and then for it to end that way, which was said on commentary, it's only the third time it's happened in Test history here at the Adelaide Oval, was um, was disappointing for him. Did he just get, I mean, did he start too deep? Was, it, uh, was he trying to think about going down the other end and is that difficult when you start on the back shoe? Uh, I, don't, I don't think he started any deeper. I think he was just trying to get back and give himself as much time as he could to try and find the gap that he needed to to get up the other end. So um, I've never seen Joss play that far back ever before. So his footwork pattern was obviously different for that one ball. And, and it was all about trying to trying to keep the strike. So Joe Richardson was the man who got him out. No. Oh, he's trotting on his stump. Oh, he has. I think he's gone back and trotting on his stumps. You can't believe I guess just how impressed were you with with how he stood up after being, you know, a touch expensive in that first innings, and um, and does he hold his place for the MCG given the the cavalry to come back into the Australian team? Yeah, I thought he was a little bit disappointing in the first innings. I think mm. I said that to you the other day. Um, he just looked like he was in a bit of a rush. He was in, in a bit of a hurry, trying to make things happen too fast, which you can understand with a, a young man coming back into the Test team for his 
his first test match in a while and coming back from a, you know, a very serious shoulder injury. So you can understand that. And he might have been a bit short of a gallop as well. But um, I thought his second innings bowling was a lot better. I thought his length was really good. You know, have a look at some of the dismissals. A lot of the, a lot of the, um, his groupings in particular from certain overs. A lot of his balls were, you know, hitting really similar lines and lengths, which is what you want. So, it just seems to me like he tightened up and and tried to be a bit more consistent with the way that he put his overs together. And he got the results, didn't he? he got end up with five wickets today, which is a fantastic return into the Test team. And I think he, I think he does hold his spot. If um, you know, we'll wait and see what happens with with Hoff and where where he's at. Obviously, Paddy will come straight back in and. Um, I'm not sure what the update is on Josh yet, but we'll, we might have to wait till a little bit closer before the, the Sydney test to find out. Yeah, it sounds like we're... Sorry, uh, the, Melbourne, the Melbourne test, sorry. Yeah, the Melbourne test. Yeah, it sounds like we're, we're still waiting on that one. And I guess there's that question mark over Mitch Stark with, with his back thing that he did the other day. Um, I guess when you... Uh, if, if you think about if all four of them are fit, Richardson, Cummins and Hazelwood, um, you know, does, does Joe miss out there? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think. I mean, I, th- I think that's as good as I've seen Mitchell Stark bowl in a long time mm. in this game as well. Um, they might, they might just see how how Stark's travelling as well. He's, he's had to carry and sort of lead the attack here in Adelaide. Probably bowl a bit more in the second innings than they would have expected. I, you know, I spoke to you last night and thought that they probably wouldn't have to bowl that much today. So therefore, they're going uh, to Melbourne probably a little bit fresher. But Stark's bowled a bit more today than we probably thought. Um, and yeah, and, th- and that's the way it is with Jai. Unfortunately, like you know, you, you get a you get a call up due to injury. Uh, and when that guy, you know, someone as good as uh, Hazelwood come back into the side, unfortunately, someone's got to go out. And I think if Cummins, Hazelwood and Stark are all fit and 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 fresh, then unfortunately, I think Richardson does miss out. Yes, that would be um, that would be interesting after taking a five-week haul. Uh, I wanted to pick your brain on, on a more general question about Australia's bowling depth. If you look back to 13-14, Australia used the same four bowlers for the whole series. 17-18, it was, it was basically the same four. I, th- I think um, one of them missed out in 17 uh, at, the, uh, at the MCG. Already, Australia have used five quick bowlers in, in this series, so it's going to be different if they are to, to win the series. Do you think that, you know, given given all that, do you think the bowling depth Australia's got is as strong, you know, potentially going back to, dare I say it, the glory days uh, when you were skipper, Ricky? To be honest, I think the bowling depth has been really strong for the last few years now. Mm. Um, mm. You know, you've, you've had James Pattinson in, in on top of that as well. We've had guys like Jackson Bird that have that have played Test cricket. Um, you know, and even even Peter Sidman, Ryan Harrison, those guys, you, you wind the clock back four or five, six years ago, I think, this has been sort of building for a while now. Um, and there's a bit of an emergence now with, with Nisa and Steckity and, and Richardson and, and these sort of guys that are, you know, the young, uh, newer kids on the block. But, yeah, the, the stocks are really strong and that's a good sign. I mean, it, to have two guys come in um, for this game with the two big boys out and for Australia still to be as dominant as they were and have Richardson, one of the guys coming in, take, taking five wickets, I, I think you'd be pretty confident that what we've got, um, even if we lose another injury through the series or a couple, then we've got, some really capable backups to come back in. So looking at England now, I guess, although they um, showed some fight today, they have been bowled out for 147, 297, 236 and 192. It doesn't make for a particularly pretty reading. I want to ask you in particular about the three members of the top order who, who are struggling the most. And I want you to give me one thing that's going wrong for them, uh, or maybe it might not be one thing, but just, uh, I guess, what's going wrong for them and how they can fix it. So maybe starting with Rory Burns. Oh, look, Rory Burns is a real fighter, isn't he? He's, um, you know, he doesn't rely on a rock-solid technique. He's got his own methods, his own way about going about his batting. Um, I think he's fighting some real demons against the ball that's leaving him at the moment with Mitchell Stark's 
sort of angling in and getting the ball to, to go away. You know, he bowled him around his legs in Brisbane with one that swung. He got him with a good ball, caught a second slip here. And almost every occasion, he's, he's tried to avoid him facing the first ball of the innings as well. So um, I just think with Rory Burns, it seems like his feet, his, his, his feet are probably moving a lot more than he thinks they are. He's getting so far across his stumps and locking himself off that he's finding it really hard to score runs on the offside and down the ground. You have a look where all of his runs are coming from. They're all, they're all coming pretty square in the wicket on the leg side. And good bowlers are not going to give you those options or opportunities too often. So I'd be surprised if he stayed in, to, to be honest. I know we got 30 in the second innings here, but he just looks all at sea. Even playing Nathan Lyon, I'm not sure he's got a really good game plan against Lyon either. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him go out of the side. Right. Um, Hamid, hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, hold your fire on the selection front because I am going to ask you about that next. Yeah, let's let's hear what you've got to say about Hasid. Uh Hamid, for me, as for, a, for an opening batsman, doesn't know what to play and what to leave. I think if we look at a lot of his dismissals in this series so far, it's clearly been, been balls that he'd be, if he'd been more decisive with his decision-making in his footwork, um, I think probably two dismissals in Brisbane and even the one here. I know that was a really good ball from Richardson that, that bounced a lot more than everyone expected, but he didn't need to be playing at it. You know, it was back of a length forward. It's on about fifth or sixth stump. He, he didn't need to have the bat anywhere near it. And it was, a, and he's playing a defensive shot to those balls. So, Fine if you're going to play an aggressive shot. You're looking to score runs off them. But when you're looking to defend balls that are, that are on fifth stump and, and you know, four defence sort of length, it's just a, a recipe for disaster. So yeah, it's really it's really unusual, actually, for an, an English opening batsman to do that because the ball moves around so much over there. They normally are very careful and selective in the balls that they play and the balls that they leave. But for me, that's his biggest challenge so far. And the final one is Ollie Pope. Yeah, he's just seemed in a rush. I mean, he's, he actually started really well today. He's, his second ball, he hit a beautiful forward defence that rocketed off the bat out the point. Then he got a full one next ball that he worked through mid-wicket for a boundary right off the middle of the bat. And it looked like he, he might have been in for a good day. But yeah, he, he, there's another one. He didn't need to be playing at that ball. Mitchell Stark over the wicket, angling across, you know, probably fifth stump. But, you know, going over the stumps by probably another set. So he, he didn't need to play on length or on line. And, um, nicked it to slip, but yeah, he, he had to, to be honest. I know he fought hard in the first things up in Brisbane, but um, I think against really good quality bowling on, on a wicket that's got anything in it, I think he's going to struggle. Right. So you uh, you jumped the gun a little bit on Rory, but I am going to ask you now. There's um, You've got Johnny Bairstow, Zach Crawley and Dan Lawrence on the bench. Do one, two or all three of them come in for the MCG? Um. Yeah, I'd be I'd be leaving Burns out to be honest. I'd leave Burns out, um, and I'd even think about opening the batting with David Milan actually, and, and then maybe slotting Crawley into number three. Uh, Milan's been in the first over anyway. He's played he's played the the fast bowlers a lot better than Rory Burns has, in my opinion. He's he's looked their second best player behind Joe Root. Um, I know Zach Crawley has opened the batting in the past, but I think bringing him in to open the batting when he's played, I think, seven test matches this this year and averaged 11, I think it'd probably be a, a, a hurdle too high for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think they've definitely got to make changes there. I mean, I've, even with that, if Johnny Bairstow is not a, a better player than Ollie Pope from what I've seen, I mean, I've seen a bit of Johnny Bairstow. I think he's a reasonable player. And what I've seen here, I think he's he's better in the middle order than, than Ollie Pope as well. From the bowling front, you were critical when they left Mark Wood out, uh, and and as well Jack Leach, who um, who they didn't play, they didn't play a specialist spinner. Did the two of them come straight back in, and if so, who uh, who misses out? Geez, it'd be a, a, it'd be a it'd make the Adelaide select non-selection 
of Lee, if they pick him in Melbourne, it make the non-selection here look even worse, I reckon, mm. because what we've seen, how much this wicket's turned, how much part-time spinners have even been able to get away with it. You know, Joe Root bowling here looked like he, you know, he was, it was really hard to play. So they've got to go back to one of their spinners, whether whether it's Leach, if they think Leach's confidence has been knocked around too much from Brisbane or not, or they play Don Bess you know, with the left-handers that Australia's got, who knows. Um yeah, and I still think going to somewhere like Melbourne, um, if it doesn't look like it's going to offer much assistance for the Seamers, um, then I think they're probably going to make a call on one of Anderson or Broad as well. Robinson looks like a really good bowler to me, a real handful, slightly different, slightly taller, gets a bit more bounce. Um, I think now at the age that Anderson and Broad are, I think it's going to be really hard for England to carry both of them in the same team. Um, mm. They'll want Wood. They said that the reason, one of the reasons they left Wood out here in Adelaide was to make sure that he was right for the back half of this series. So you'd think Melbourne and Sydney would be the games that they've got penciled in for him. So I'd imagine he'll come back in. Wokes will probably go out, even though he played really well. He's, he's bowling has, hasn't been up to, to standard just yet. Hasn't taken the wickets that they've needed and hasn't, hasn't been uh, economical enough. So, look, they've got some real selection dramas, I think. I, I, every, every message that they've sort of sent so far has seemed like a confused one. Even their bowling coach last night did the media and said that, in hindsight, looks like we picked the wrong team. Well, I think we all knew you picked the wrong team before the game started. I'm not sure what the hindsight thing is. Everyone saw this before the game started, everyone saw what the result was going to be in Brisbane with the team they picked up there. So I think they've just got to go back and sit down and work out who their best 11 players are. Who are their best six batters? Who's their best keeper batter? Who are their best three fast bowlers? And who's their best spinner? Put that, put them all down and see how they go because what they're trying at the moment is not working. Well, the other part of it is, and this might be my final one to you, I think you said on day two or three that um, the issue from a tactical point of view when they were bowling might have actually been due to their bowler's stubbornness rather than anything Root was telling them. Well, Root was on, on television just now saying that he was really disappointed with the lengths they bowled and uh, just generally how they bowled in that first innings. Yep. Does that suggest to you that this wasn't uh, a plan to go into this test um, bowling that way, but it was actually you know just, just how the bowlers wanted to bowl? I was actually, I nearly fell off my, off my seat when I heard that because... Mm. Whose job is it then to make and change? Why are you captain then? If you if you can't influence your bowlers on what length to bowl, what are you doing on the field? Mm. It, the interesting thing is for me as well, Louis, is the only time they bowled full in the game was when Joe Root wasn't on the ground. The start of the of the of day four, when they had a meeting on the ground before play started, Ben Stokes took over the captaincy. That was the only time in the game they pitched the ball up. So Joe, Joe can come back and say whatever he wants. But if you're captain, you've got to be able to sense that your bowlers aren't bowling where you want them to. And if they're not going to listen, you take them off. Mm. Simple as that. Give someone else a chance that's going to, that's, that is going to do it for you. Or you have a really strong conversation with them on the field to tell them what you need. That's what captaincy is all about. You have to, regardless if they've taken 1,150 wickets between them, well, too bad. Well, I need you to bowl differently here than you bowl in England. I need you to bowl differently here than you bowled four years ago. And if you're not willing to do it, then I'll find someone that can. That should have been the conversation five overs into day one. If they had have had that, maybe the result could have been slightly different. They're strong words, mate. Uh, good one to end on. Thank you very much, Rick. Good on you, buddy.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.